This podcast is sponsored by WeAudition.com. So stay tuned to find out how you can get 25% off of your pro membership. Ta-da! Shazam! We have an amazing guest, the host of Why This Film podcast, Emily Slade. I poured myself some mulled wine for this occasion. Remember when you punched that reindeer? How do we explain pantomime? Panto, keep theatres alive. Have you ever been made to be involved in a school nativity at all? I've never played Mary. I was Mary, but it was a real scarring moment. Alright, love. What'll it be? It's Christmas! (laughs) 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 It was even better than I was expecting. Sorry for ruining your ears, everybody. Welcome to Two Actors Walk Into a Bar Christmas Special, if you hadn't have guessed. Are you feeling festive now? (laughs) (laughs) It's Christmas Eve, so you should be able to guess that it's a Christmas episode, I suppose. And by the amazing title... Exactly. And to go with the amazing title, we have an amazing guest. We're listening to Slade in more ways than one. It's Emily Slade. <laughs> <Woo-hoo>! <laughs> Slade was trending on Twitter the other day. Just Slade. I've no idea why. Like there didn't seem to be an obvious reason. But I sent it to our family group chat. And my mum like broke her neck, double taking like so quick. And she was like, are you trending on Twitter? Aww. I was like, no, mum. Slade is trending on Twitter for no reason to do with me. I thought it was funny. I thought I'd share it. And now you think I'm trending on Twitter. It's not happening. <laughs> uh. Claim to fame. You should have just gone with it. Be proud of me, mum. <laughs> yeah, I've made it. <laughs> well, it's better than Trump. That's for sure. Glad to see yes. the back of that trending. <laughs> I'm so over it. I was like adamantly following all of that bullshit for days on end without sleeping. And then one day I was just like, enough now. Enough. <laughs> like in Love Actually when um, Thingy from The Walking Dead literally like leaves Kira Knightley and is just like, I'll stop being a completely freaky harasser now. I'll stop stalking this 18 year old who's just <clears throat> recently married. This literal like 16 year old girl who's the same age as the little kid that's playing the drums. I'm shit at this. Love Actually is the Christmas one, isn't it? What's P.S. I Love You? That's not Christmas, is it? No, that's like, there's probably a Christmas scene. It's Gerard Butler's dying of cancer. So oh, Jennifer right. Garner Festive. has to like buy a lamp and that makes her happy again. Ooh. What a great description. So Emily is definitely the film expert here because as well as being an actor, she's also the host of the Why This Film podcast. Whoop, whoop. David, you have been a guest on twice. I have. And Scarlett will have to get you on. I'm going to drag you on. Ooh. I'm going to be a shit guest because <laughs> David, I mean, I think we're all aware he is obviously a film buff. You could tell that from the... Everything about him. <laughs> yeah. He just breathes film buff. But I, I on the other hand, I, I just don't have a memory for retaining stuff like that. And as much as I like it in the moment, it does sort of leave me. Unless it's like... I don't know, something I watched as a kid. Yeah, and that is what my podcast is about. Something you watched as a kid. See, I can remember that. Last week. Yeah. <laughs> so you've been giving your liver a bit of a battering recently, Emily, because on your podcast, <laughs> Why This Film, you've been doing a special series called Drunk Christmas. Tell us about that. <laughs> yes. And how are you feeling? So do... <laughs> um, I'm now an alcoholic. So... <laughs> <laughs> 
This is an um, AA meeting, just glorified. Yeah, much. I poured myself some mulled wine for this occasion, and I have, you saw me sit down with a full glass. I've like, just, because it's like juice, you know? Um, but Drunk Christmas was, we did a poll for every genre, you know, the five genres that exist in the world, uh, which was action, horror, children's, never before seen, and classic. And people had to pick a movie from those genres, a Christmas movie, obviously. And then me and my friend Flo are sitting down and watching them and doing the drinking game to them all. We've had Shrek the Halls, which is only half an hour, but currently the most potent because we thought to add rules because it didn't seem drinky enough. And the, cause the only rule was drink when they say Christmas, try it. <laughs> I dare you. Um, we've had Die Hard, which I'd never seen before. So that was very exciting. Um, Can't believe you'd never seen Die Hard. I know. And it, it was, it was like how I've never seen friends. Pause for gasp. There's two of us. How are we in the majority? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Have you not seen friends either, no. Scarlett? Or Die Hard. <laughs> yes. It gets to the point where you're just like, I Look at his almost... face. I wish you could describe it with audio. That is a look. It's br- you're going to need to screenshot that. <laughs> I get it though, it, because you do. You get to a point where you're just like, this is now who I am as a person. I'm a person that's never seen Die Hard, and I kind of have to stick to that, you know, <laughs> or make a massive event and rearrange your entire podcast in order to be able to watch Die Hard and make it a huge event. We're going to have Jingle All The Way, Gremlins and Home Alone as well. So all the drinking games to those various movies. It's been very festive because all of those films are super, super Christmassy and fun. And then when you add a shit ton of alcohol, I think for Home Alone, I was on like, we've moved house, as you can see by the mess behind me. And so I was sort of digging out what was left in the cupboards. So I think I had sort of the end of the Jägermeister, half a limoncello, <laughs> the end of the vodka, some whiskey. So... You're a classy lady, Emily. <laughs> That's hilarious. Hey, waste not, want not, you know. <laughs> I was like that in lockdown that I got particularly messy on a bottle of uh, lime flavoured vodka. It was Smirnoff, but it been it was like furry. It had been in the cupboard that long. <laughs> That is disgusting, isn't it? <laughs> Shave your vodka bottles. Um, yeah. <laughs> and yeah, I was like, Christ, it's so dusty. How did this happen? I must drink it. There's nothing else in the house and I don't want to leave the house in fear of germs leaping on me and killing exactly. me. Exactly. So and doesn't it. that make it feel a bit fancy? You know, like in that episode of Black Books where they drink just the dusty wine because the dusty wine is the like good wine. So of your drunk Christmas, movies which would you say is the best which would you call the classic christmas movie oh home alone it's the classic movie and this is very much because you know it came out in 1990 and i was born in 1991 so it's always been in my life in a way that's been appropriate and it never ever gets old and it's so exciting and well put together and then i saw the history of the filmmaking on a netflix show and it was just like oh everyone thought it was gonna fail and you know it has the wonderful combination of Catherine o'hara and a young macaulay culkin it's just fantastic but it's been really interesting the die hard episode was so much fun because we'd never seen it before and we were like oh god like an action movie from the 80s like what's this gonna be like (laughs) and then I think it helped that we were drunk and talking all over it but we were like this is fucking great has anyone ever seen this fucking movie (laughs) guys have you heard of Bruce Willis like this is amazing um unlike Jingle All The Way which unfortunately a lot of people are excited for that episode it hasn't come out yet but I can tell you we did not enjoy it oh (laughs) 
Because yeah. I was about to say Jingle All The Way is <laughs> no. one of my favourite Christmas movies. But I'm aware of how bad it is, okay? Let me just point out, I know it's shit, but I love yeah. watching it. It's so and much fun. It's a film I'll put on when I'm wrapping presents or yes. drinking or both. I mean, yes. if you see my wrapping, you probably think I am drunk. <laughs> Absolutely. And I, I feel like a lot of people have that. Um, we've sort of been advertising it across the weeks and so many people have come forward and been like, I'm so excited for the Jingle All The Way episode. I, I love that movie so much. It's so dear to me. I, it held such a special place. And it's just me and Flo the entire way through going, good God, how did this ever get made? <laughs> So uh, my analytics are probably going to go. <laughs> <laughs> They'll just drop off after five minutes. Like we yeah. hate this. Well, switching off. <laughs> what is it about? Give me a capitalism, but not in a charming way, like Miracle on 34th Street. Arnold Schwarzenegger needs to get a Turbo Man doll for young Anakin Skywalker, his son. Uh, and he waits until Christmas Eve to get it. But of course, the doll is sold out everywhere. I've seen it. Yeah, you're bringing it all back now. Oh, like Vietnam flashbacks. <laughs> Remember when he punched that reindeer for literally no reason and it was meant to be funny? <laughs> it was Aww. funny. The whole thing is hilarious. My favourite bit of that film is where he's chatting with the mailman and the mailman's like, I wanted this toy for Christmas and I didn't get it and now look at me. And then Arnold imagines his son as the mailman and he's there with a drink going, here's to you, dad. I <laughs> crease up with laughter every time. It's I don't so know funny. why. I don't know why I couldn't get behind it. And we say, we're like, we do not want to take this experience away from anyone who has grown up loving it. This is just our very modern, new opinion of this very old and specific movie. <laughs> but we just did not get it. <laughs> I can't... Every time I watch Jingle All The Way... This is now a Jingle All The Way episode. <laughs> yeah. I, I can't tell if that film's genius or stupid or both. But Absolutely. either way, I love it. And it should almost be so good it's bad, but it was just that little bit too violent. And I know that's hilarious, as I've just said, that Home Alone is one of the greatest movies ever made. <laughs> And it's ridiculously violent. And anyone that takes a step back from it is probably like, what the shit? Those burglars should be dead. They should 100% be dead like a thousand times over. They should be swearing as well instead of having to go... That's a great Joe Pesci impression. <laughs> Thanks. I've watched that movie a lot. Um, and it's got heart. Chingle all the way has no heart. It has no heart. It's a cold, callous, capitalist cash grab. It's Miracle on 34 Street. Is that the one with um, Matilda in? I know she's not yes. Matilda. But, yeah. yeah, she is Matilda. She's Matilda forever and always. And Mara Wilson has accepted that. And it's okay to call her that. Yes. <laughs> Little that. baby Matilda. Pre-Matilda Matilda. And um, David Attenborough's brother. As, Richard as, Attenborough. Is that Mr. Crinkle? Is he called Mr. Crinkle in that? Crinkle? Is it Crinkle? Yeah, Chris Chris Crinkle. Oh, Crinkle, not Crinkle. I'm thinking of crisps. <laughs> <laughs> you can tell I'm getting hungry. <laughs> Chris Kringle, that's it. I remember. He yeah. was cute. And I mean, like. So cute. You just got a fall for a love. Oh, God. I was going to say fall for an old man, but this is just falling into. <laughs> falling into. You got a thing for Richard Attenborough. Classic scholar <laughs> conversation about old men. Oh, dear. Carry on with something else. 
No, it's it's a similar vibe where it's still a capitalist movie. It opens on the Macy's Thanksgiving parade and everyone's about like, oh, you know, how do we make money? But similar to the Santa Claus movie, it's sort of anti-capitalist whilst also being capitalist. And there is a massive heart. And it's just really fascinating concept of like, which Nettaber talked about it in a recent documentary I watched. (laughs) Get a life, Emily. Um, Where he's like, I was so happy to be a part of a remake because it's a, a movie from the 1930s which is black and white so of course his kids turn their nose up at it and he's like but it's such a good story so now that I'm in the remake you can come watch it in colour with Mara Mm. Wilson Mm. and you'll get to appreciate the story and also suck it up because it's in colour with Mara Wilson Um, (laughs) and it is such a brilliant story it's such a it would like Breaking Bad it would never work in the UK but it's cute I I remember quite enjoying that but then like I say I think it was for the sort of like cute grandparent thing going on (laughs) yeah yeah, he's so nice. I never thought Breaking Bad and Miracle on 34th Street would be mentioned in the same sentence. It's because they wouldn't work in the UK because you have to have the in God we trust on the dollar bill and oh. to be like, we all believe in God, which they do in America, which that doesn't fly so much in the UK. Like with our politics, it's not so tied up in religion as it is in America. Yeah. So you couldn't stand up in a court of law and be like, there's no proof that God exists, therefore there's no proof that Father Christmas exists, and therefore we all believe in God to the point where we put it on our money. Spoiler alert for Miracle on 34th Street, by the way. Therefore, there's no proof that Father Christmas doesn't exist, and this isn't him. Um, and obviously because it's a Christmas movie, he obviously is Father Christmas. Spoiler alert for Miracle on 34th Street. Um, and the same with Breaking Bad. He'd be like, I'm dying of cancer, and they're going to be like, okay, well, you can have it free on the NHS in the, the, the end. Mm, all makes sense now. Oh, right. I was thinking, like, what's God got to do with Breaking Bad? Is Walter White Santa Claus? <laughs> I mean, in a way, he is. Well. Instead of, you know, he's like the anti-Santa Claus. Santa brings presents, and instead of coal, Walter White brings meth to all the bad boys and girls. Hot take, I didn't enjoy Breaking Bad. You didn't enjoy Breaking Bad? Right, this is a Breaking Bad episode now. <laughs> I'm so sorry, Scarlett. You're like, yeah, I'm not that into movies. I mean, David is like... <laughs> I like watching, like I say, I like them in the moment. I just don't retain the names of people or yeah, what that's they look fair. like. Well, actually, no, I tell a lie. Remember, like, what fucking shoes they were wearing, but I can't remember their name. <laughs> That's very impressive. It makes no sense. It really doesn't. Speaking of <laughs> movies, there was, I, there was, like, a little tradition that started about five years ago, but it's kind of died out now, um, of going to the cinema around Christmas time to see a new Star Wars movie. That became oh. a big thing for me, midnight launch. And it felt quite big and important because it was new Star Wars are you, you yeah. I don't know, I, I know what your relationship is with Emily. Scarlett, are you a Star Wars fan at all? You're drinking out of a Star Wars mug. Yeah, I was going to say. That was bought for me by my dad. <laughs> said, for our listeners, it says, I am your father and it's Darth Vader. He thought it was hilarious. In fact, that was about three Christmases ago. He was like, and this one's from me. And you know what your dad's like normally. When you're opening all your presents, you get that classic like, oh yeah, that's nice. And you can see the look in their eyes like, I didn't have a fucking clue what you were getting. Um, (laughs) But this one, he was chuffed a bit. This is from me. Just me. I was like, okay. And my brother had one as well. I have seen them all. I have seen all the Star Wars, except some of the spin-off newer ones. Yeah, that's fair. Like Solo. Yeah. I saw the most recent one the rise of skywalker that was last year was that last year that's mad isn't it it feels like forever ago that was the last time i went to the cinema was it really the last time i went to cinema was last christmas 
So you never saw Parasite, which was sort of everybody's yeah. closing no, was... finale of cinema. <laughs> yeah, that was a cracking Christmas movie, Parasite. But it's about family <laughs> and people coming together. So It's about family. <laughs> I think I sort of watched Star Wars all a bit the wrong way around, though. Although Liam was adamant I had to watch it. Well, or did I watched you? it in the, not the way it was released, the right way. The like okay. one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Yeah. Although in theory, apparently meant to go like four, five, yeah. one, two, three, mm. six, seven, eight, nine. But some yeah. some viewing orders say you can skip one because in the grand scheme of things, it doesn't really matter. And just go to just do four, five, Makes two, no three as like a flashback, then six. Seven, eight, nine. But now with all the, because they've recently yeah. done the Disney Investor Day, and there's like five million Star Wars films and TV series. Like, what order are we going to tell our grandkids? It's like, right, you need to start. You need to start with this Disney Plus series, then Episode One, then Episode Two, and then two episodes of the Clone Wars series, okay. then the movie, then <laughs> Series Five, Episode Six of Clone Wars. Do it this way, oh then gosh. three. Yeah. <laughs> It'll just become like what Marvel's become, isn't it? Like, then you've got to make sure you watch Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. before The Winter Soldier because they spoil it halfway through that series because the movie had come out two days before. And yeah, it's just absolutely insane to the point where you just have to clock out, really. And that's really how I feel about Star Wars. The Rise of Skywalker happened and I was like, adios, Star Wars. It's been okay. (laughs) Yeah. I remember, because like when I saw... I saw Force Awakens and Last Jedi midnight screenings. I loved them. I've seen Force Awakens and Last Jedi countless times and I love them more and more each time. And then when we saw Rise of Skywalker, mm-hmm. I think it was when the opening crawl happened. I have the, <laughs> me and Hannah have this thing. Um, we have an uh-oh factor in films. If a film makes us go, uh-oh, that's usually a bad sign. And Rise of Skywalker, <laughs> the opening crawl, I just went, uh-oh. And from then I was like, I don't think I'm going to like this film. Isn't it? And forgive me if I'm wrong, because I could have made this up in my head to get through the movie. But doesn't the opening crawl literally open with like, Palpatine's back! Pretty much, yeah. Or something like that. And yeah, same vibe. I was like, oh no. I think when you're less invested in it though, like this noob over here, (laughs) um, you can just enjoy it for what it is. Like literally just... I envy you a bit there. Yeah, I think because I came out of... I'd seen... All the the ones people didn't watch, three, four, and five, is that right? The ones where you, he's Anakin and not... One, two, and three, Vader. the prequels. Yeah, yeah, sorry. There were so um, many nerds listening like, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah I watched, so I watched those first, mm. and I think I got to th- halfway through three, and didn't watch again for about two years, which was really pissing Liam off, who's adamant I had to see them. I would enjoy it. Um, but I think because I watched them that way round and uh, all the filming and everything seemed quite old fashioned and the props and Jabba the Hutt was not CGI and stuff like that. Gross. I was kind of like, mm, this seems really out of date. But um. once I got into the story, I liked it. But I'd not, I saw the most recent one to have come out before I'd seen old ones. Oh no, so you, you were seeing Mark Hamill as old Luke before you'd seen yeah, Mark Hamill as young yeah, Luke. Which yeah. was weird. <laughs> oh my god. Very weird. I've never heard of that viewing order. We'll view seven, eight, and we'll do one, two, three, <laughs> then skip the classics and do seven, eight, nine, <laughs> and then we'll go back. So, like, <laughs> Liam, his stepdad, and his mum had obviously all seen them all, and they wanted to go to the cinema and see it and go to Frankie and Benny's and, and do that whole thing. And I was like, yeah, I want to be there. That sounds fun even though I've got no idea what's going on. And they came out of that like, 
that was naff. There was this and this and this. It was kind of wrong. I don't know why they did that. It seems too fantastical. It's like, it's become unrealistic. And I'm like, I just thought it was quite a good film. (laughs) (laughs) Went on for ages though. (laughs) I'd vowed to not have an opinion on Star Wars anymore ever since the best Star Wars movie came out and then everybody went fucking crazy because it had the audacity to have so many women in it. That would be episode eight, The Last Jedi. Bring on your hate. We don't care. It's a fucking great film. Shut the fuck up, you dumbass nerds. <laughs> fucking great film. I wonder, Scarlett, I wonder if we're going to piss off more people with last week's episode where we whinge about people not wearing masks properly and Trump, or this episode where we've admitted The Last Jedi is a good film. Yeah. <laughs> Which is going to get more hate? Tweet us. Yeah. <laughs> Another realm for your love. This podcast is sponsored by We Audition, the video chat community to audition, self-tape, rehearse and get expert industry advice. Through weaudition.com you can find a rehearsal or self-tape partner instantly, audition and take general meetings on video chat and get career advice from industry professionals and also earn money for rehearsing with other actors. It covers all your acting needs. So for any of you listeners out there that might think this would be a useful tool for you, we have a nifty little 25% off pro membership promo code. It is 2ACTORS25. That's all in caps, T-W-O-A-C-T-O-R-S, 25, the numbers. Head on over there and pop your code in. You're getting 25% off, saving those pennies. What a bonus that is when Christmas is on its way. So thanks to the fine folks at weaudition.com for sponsoring this podcast. And thank you to you wonderful people for listening. Go check them out. Check them out. Check them out. Check them out. We've said it enough times. Go check them out. Back to the show. There's a thing that won't be happening this year. To get back on track, to quote our famous catchphrase of this podcast, Christmas. Famous. Christmas, that's the theme. And that's a thing that's not happening. Christmas parties. Yeah. I Christmas parties always kind of suck though, don't they? Because they're either in a workplace that you hate. So you're just like, I don't want to <laughs> hang out with any of you. You're going to take me to an overpriced bar in the centre of London and the music's going to be too loud and it's going to suck. What I'm going to miss is the sort of home... House part... House part... It's like, the home parties. House parties. <laughs> that you have with your friends. Shout out to all of Emily's colleagues out there. She hates the parties with you lot. You guys suck. It's because I'm like a terrible human being. So I have like a different job every year. And every year there's a different Christmas party. I wonder why. Because <laughs> you hate your... Yeah mouthing off at them at Christmas parties yeah by January they're like oh we're gonna let you go I know that feeling though because I think if you do leap between jobs then generally you only get to know the people that you are on a shift with so then you end up being at a Christmas party with like I don't know say between 10 and 15 people depending on where you work or maybe more and half of them you don't even fucking know and they're like oh so do you work in the mornings or the afternoon yeah yeah, literally like i could really do that this conversation Mm -hmm. this is just like taking up my precious christmasy time (laughs) exactly that's why i literally never go i never go to them but the good thing about like work or job job christmas parties is at least from my experience the because the last one i went to which was obviously last year the higher up managers get a little bit merry and when they get merry, 
they get quite generous and they're like, right, I'm off to the bar. Who wants one? And you're like, right then. <laughs> yes, please. Two pints my way. Thank you very much. Do you want any money? Do you want any money? No. Oh, that's, that's fine. Good, because I haven't got any. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. I don't have any. So if the managers are going to, you know, be generous and give us free drinks, I'm not going to say no. That's why I was really hung over last year and then stopped for a McDonald's with my friend Alice after our meal because everyone was going to a different pub. And we were like, we're quite peckish. So after this really nice three course Christmas meal, we're like, yeah, let's get McDonald's. Oh my God. <laughs> Wash it down with a Big Mac. The Christmas spirit. <laughs> Another tradition. It's kind of come up for me. I don't know if it has for you guys. Have you ever been in a job? that's done an office or a staff panto oh no i don't think so hell no i have and the problem is is that when people get wind that you are an actor or have done drama suddenly they're like you you act you can be in our staff panto that genuinely sounds awful how is that even a thing (laughs) Does it always happen or is it just this? I've never heard of that. I had one a few years ago. It was when I worked in a school. I think it's primarily a school type thing where all the teachers get up on stage and make tits of themselves. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. A few years ago, I worked as a teaching assistant in an SEN school, which is special educational needs. And in my third year, um, the school I worked at had a classroom in the mainstream school across the road where the children were a little bit more able and they could be integrated into a mainstream setting. And it was revealed that they were doing a staff panto and they mentioned it to the teacher in my class. And she was like, oh, Dave studied drama. And suddenly I was being accosted by several teachers going, we need someone for the staff panto. And I was like, OK, I'll do a small role. So I started off as a Kingsguard, then as King John. I think it is. Yeah, it was Robin Hood. And then I became a, just a normal guard for the sheriff. And then suddenly I got bumped up to being sheriff of Nottingham. Oh, man. And not only that, but it was all improvised. They just said, here's the layouts of the Ooh. scenes. On you go. And I was like, oh, this is awful. The thing is, I had mad respect from all the pupils in the school that I'd done it. And I, I basically played Alan Rickman. As you would. I did his version of the sheriff. <laughs> Um, But I was unable to um, implement any discipline in my class for the rest of the term because they were just like, you're the sheriff. And I was like, would you please just do your maths work for God's sake? Yeah, you've lost him. Respect from them was out the window. I was like, oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) We're not doing maths for the sheriff. Is this going to get a bit too uh, deep if I sort of bring up as actors how do we feel about pantomime you know um in its sort of colonial roots with its sort of inherent racism and old-fashioned ideals and things that are meant to be funny or uh, feel free to cut this <laughs> <laughs> no or this bit's a... staying in let's get deep about pantomime <laughs> is it a genuine british tradition that has evolved over the years to be not necessarily more pc because that makes it sound negative but to sort of try and shake off its its roots in racism and other such horrible areas. Does that even make sense? I mean, this is me being like, everyone knows the history of the panto. <laughs> like... I think, give us a small rundown of the history of the panto, I think, for, for context. So they would... 
be, I think it was a Victorian invention and it would just be rooted in massive stereotypes. They would take these fairy tales like Aladdin and at the time anyway, they were taking things from other cultures and blowing them up and making them theirs and just sort of... Can't imagine the British doing that at all. (laughs) And just making them, you know, all of the different names, um, all of the different costumes. It would just be massive stereotypical... Um, You'd probably have minstrel shows as part of it as well. Fairy tales that were being played out that had certain tropes but are now seemingly dated like a man in drag is meant to be a joke. Mm. Whereas now we're in a time where sort of drag is like a legitimate art form. But every Christmas we go and laugh because that man's wearing a dress and like that's the joke kind of thing. Um, I don't know, though, because, like, you talk to modern panto makers and they do seem to have sort of come through that. It's less sort of, you know, the innuendo is still there, which is fine, but it's less sort of like the joke is that I'm wearing a dress and it's more like we're going to focus on other things. I suppose it's subjective, isn't Mm. it, for both the performers and the people that are giving their money to promote and encourage that sort of performance. Mm -hmm. Some people will be completely naive to the history of Mm. it. And so half of me sort of says, well, then they need to be educated. And the other half of me says, like, is it just for little kids to sort of laugh at and it's it's something to do at Christmas. No one sort of looks at Panto and then tries to imitate from what I'm aware. And they've stopped. It's the things like often you will... In Hollywood, there's such a talk at the moment of making sure that certain people with certain aspects are being played by that sort of person. And yet in Panto, Mm. even I watched the Royal Ballet Nutcracker the other day and they had like two white people come on in like exaggerated Chinese makeup to do the Chinamen dance from the Nutcracker. And, you know, because it was ballet. And the same happens Mm. when you put on Aladdin, which is set in China, and you have an entirely white cast, and they all come on with exaggerated sort of Chinese makeup, and they make sort of like Ching Chong jokes, you know, and that sort of thing. And possibly that's sort of dying down in a way, but that element is still there. Or because it's Panto, do we not? And I mean, that's a whole conversation in itself, you know, like should disabled people play disabled characters and should gay people play gay characters and all that sort of thing. I remember seeing a couple of years ago um, that Craig Revel Horwood from Strictly Come Dancing. Mm. So he was in Cinderella as the Wicked Witch, I think. Wicked Witch? Is there isn't Wicked one? Is Stepmother? There? Fuck Stepmother. Is he? Are they just hybrid? Yeah, it must have been. Anyway, so whatever he was, he's obviously dragged as a and woman. Drag isn't inherently a bad thing to do. Drag isn't. Well, if drag is offensive, that's a whole other conversation. Mm. You know, it's an accepted art form. And therefore, it's not a bad thing to have in a panto. And I think that's it. It's this insistence on tradition and unwillingness to change. Because whenever you do see a woman playing the dame, everyone gets a bit sort of disheartened. Whereas she could be a bloody fantastic female comedian, but it's not tradition. You wouldn't get like, I'm going to get the name wrong again. Is it like Baron Harder yeah. or something? You wouldn't get that. You wouldn't. Is it Cinderella? Yeah. yeah. She wouldn't suddenly get a mum. It's the wicked stepmother, isn't it? Yeah. But never a wicked stepfather. We were in a production of Cinderella and I was the villain as a woman. The, the Baron Hardup was played by a woman because it was a last minute switch oh, up. Oh, wow. 
But it was a man oh. who'd been doing Panto. The director was a guy that's been doing Panto, who's also in the Harry Potter movies. Name drop. Um, for years. So he came with this sort of evolutionary idea. And our Panto was incredibly modern and yet still very traditional. And then it was at drama school, so another group did a very traditional panto. And they were complete opposites of each other, but still very good. And I'd like to see more of this evolutionary progressive panto where you can have a female mm. villain that's not a witch. And, you know, I was like mm. a businesswoman that wanted to knock down the, I don't know, you know, the normal sort of thing that evil women do. Uh, ruined people's <laughs> lives. <laughs> and yeah, and it was just really, we had a whole Strictly Come Dancing segment as well where I played Darcy Bustle and like it was just very sort of modern. She is an evil woman. <laughs> it's a joke. It's a joke. But yeah, and I think fundamentally people don't care. Panto, as I'm sure we'll see the repercussions of this year, keep theatres mm. alive. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it keeps actors going for the rest of the year yeah. as well, doesn't it? The amount it? of money Pantos must rake in. And, like, a friend of mine is, is in Panto in Portsmouth, probably as we speak right now, because of the tier system currently, they're able to open theatres. And it is to a limited audience, but they're still doing, like, two or three shows a day. That's good. But it's one of the, only, it's one of the few Pantos. Yeah. Maybe it's because I follow him on social media that I'm mostly aware of this Panto. Is that at the Kings? Yeah, at the Kings. Did you see them on the news? They were interviewed for the news the other day. And they were talking about how they're obviously trying to keep their distance and making jokes out of that. So, mm. for example, when the prince kisses the princess, they sort of go together to kiss and then they're like, whoa, 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 no, like, you can't do that sort of thing like the rest of the cast as part of the show. I think it's the guy that plays the prince. He got interviewed, stood there and was like, well, normally it's the perk of the job, isn't it? But unfortunately, we don't get to do that this year. Oh my God, it's 2020, dude. Not on TV. Like, do you want to ever be cast in anything ever again? I couldn't believe my ears. I was like... Did I seriously just hear that? I, I even rewound I came it to Panto to snog some bird yeah. and now I've got to keep two metres and wear a mask. Yeah. Thought I was going to get me end away. No luck with all these people <laughs> keeping an eye on us <laughs> with a fucking tape measure. It's weird. It's so weird. So I, I just couldn't, weird. <laughs> couldn't believe so it. And weird. Like you say, it's 2020. Uh, it's not fucking about that. <laughs> well, it was never about like, that. Do you know what I mean? It was about oh the glass slipper if or... Why you've become an actor as well? Like that's go away and rethink your life, sir. <laughs> like yeah, exactly. I was looking for a showman. <laughs> fucking tough God. shit. I'm glad you didn't get it. <laughs> Gutted as well if he's been auditioning for pantos for years for the main part to do just that, uh, get the perk of the job as he put it. Jeez. And this year he gets it when he can't fucking kiss her. Mwah, <laughs> 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 come as a bitch. Oh man. <laughs> Jesus, on TV as well. What a chauvinist. Yeah. And I'm sure all the over 60s were like, oh, look at him, Jack the lad. If a, if Cinderella had turned around and been like, oh, you know, pack of the job. Yeah. They'd have been like, whore, get it removed. Exactly. It would have been she's a pervert or something. Get uh, this little harlot trying to snog some innocent man. Absolute disgrace. Put a ring on it first, love. But if a man says it, get in there, my son. Literally. <laughs> Did you hear her? The rates will be going up. She'll be making her way round the rest of the cast. <laughs> She'll be the reason we'll be back in tier three. <laughs> Single-handedly, she has spread coronavirus around Portsmouth. 
<laughs> this might be quite a tricky request, but we have, believe it or not, we have got international listeners. We ended up like 25th on the Apple Podcast Performing Arts Charts in Chile. Shout out nice. to our Chile <laughs> listeners. Um, and they may not know what panto or pantomime is. So what is it? How do we explain <laughs> pantomime uh a bunch of people get together every christmas in theaters across the country and they put on usually a classic tale or often fairy tale which will not be anything like the fairy tale that you're aware of and there will be archetypal characters within the cast that you have to adhere to such as the lead man is always played by a woman and the dame is always played by a man there will often be an ensemble of children that'll be local somehow and it'll be full of innuendo and slapstick and pies in face. And it's behind and go you. on for about... <laughs> yes, lots of traditions like catchphrases. Oh no, there isn't. And... <laughs> <laughs> and it brings in the entire year's revenue for every single local theatre. And the government cancelled them all this year. So there we go. That explains Panto to all our international <laughs> audiences. I feel like they may have more questions. But... You can Google it. It's got a rich history. <laughs> the best way to understand Panto is watch it, to be honest. After the same again, lovies. Christmas caroling? Have you ever done that? You ever had it come round? You ever had to awkwardly stop watching The Simpsons and go and open the door and be like, fuck, now I have to listen to these fucking people. <laughs> I'd feel very sorry for anybody I had to turn up to its front door to have a little carol. They'd be like, fucking hell, he killed the cat. <laughs> I think I got dragged into doing caroling once when I was a kid, maybe, when I was at school. I don't know. I seem to remember... At my primary school, every like all the families would meet up and we'd walk to a local church and watch the nativity. And I remember being there with my parents and my grandparents. I don't know why my grandparents were there to see this nativity, because I wasn't in it, but we were just there. That's the thing. Have you guys ever done, have you ever been made to be involved in a school nativity at all? I've never played Mary. I sense a little resentment in your voice. I just feel... Like, it's a rite of passage for every actor who identifies as female that they have the right to play Mary when they're, like, two. I was always the narrator because I was eloquent as shit. Yeah, well, that's it, that's it isn't it? It's the bright, the bright ones. <laughs> the, the kids that can actually read get to be the narrator. So, like, that is top tier. What about you, Scarlett? As someone who was in school, like, what, two years ago? <laughs> um... I I was Mary. I did play Mary in year three, but it was a real scarring moment for me. I have to say, I I actually, you know, when there's some things that you experience as a kid, you have this real vivid memory of that you wish you didn't. Yeah. That that God that this sounds like this is getting deep. It's a bit like a therapy session. <laughs> so <laughs> I had um, our music teacher sort of doubled up as like she did languages. She did. Um, like nativity she was a really lovely woman but I remember her saying that you'll have to give birth on stage how old are you in year three? like too young to know even what that means exactly and and I was a bit like okay how do I do that? <laughs> she was like fucking hell I can actually remember her and I have I've never cringed quite so much. Every hair on my body stood on end when she did this. She bent over, held her lower abdomen and went, just go, ooh. 
a bit awful, awful experience. And I was like, I can't, I can't do that. She was like, yes, you can. You're a really confident, young girl. Come on, take it. You'll have to in, so, in a few yeah. years' time. Well, I, all I can say now is I'm just fucking glad she didn't say, get down on your back, open your legs and... Literally. Like, give birth. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I but always thought... That bit was off stage. Or you, like, put a donkey in front of it. Exactly. I thought the baby just sort of appeared in the fucking manger. Yeah, it just, Just... like, (laughs) fell down from the heavens as everyone went, ah! Yeah. Whatever. Here we go. No. She was like, I want you to stand there and go, ooh. I was like, I'm shut up. I remember going home to my mum and being like, Mrs. So-and-so said I have to do this. And she was like, she said, you have to do what? She was like, you sound like you stubbed your toe, not had a fucking baby. It's much worse than that. <laughs> Come on, hon, we're going to method act. Let's yeah. go. <laughs> <laughs> but I, at the same time, because my primary school was well into modern foreign languages and starting you early oh. and stuff like that. So the stage was split. Half, you had the the British Mary and Joseph. And on the other half of the stage, you had French Mary and Joseph. Oh my God. I mean, I don't really know why there was anybody white on the stage because the upshot is Mary was not fucking white. Joseph probably wasn't white. Is God white? Jesus wasn't white. Like, so why French Mary yeah, and Joseph. so and as well you had sort of like the lines that you did have between your ooing and ahhing was spliced so that then French Mary could give her give birth to her baby as well fucking weird that's so bizarre that's so funny as well because why <laughs> like just to be Literally, like look what we why? can do <laughs> i will never forget that moment and and i wish i could basically really because traumatizing i was just like i actually felt sick to the stomach that basically she had just bent down in front of me like that and gone "Ooh, is this woman still working in education <laughs> i don't think she should have been no i think i think age took her <laughs> Oh jeez! Not, not to the grave, not to the grave, <laughs> <laughs> to retirement, to retirement. Uh, Jesus, age. Oh. I'm not even joking you, but I am sat here now with a knot in my stomach at the thought of that moment. Like that has obviously oh, cut God. me Look deep and done. scarred. You've yeah. made her relive some formative trauma. <laughs> I won't sleep tonight. <laughs> uh, I mean, like I say, it could have been much worse. She could have been like, and then you've got to hoik your Mary skirt up. <laughs> Push and all out the this fun... plastic doll. Yeah, all the farm animals will be there and you've got to go, ah, ah. <laughs> weird. Someone so will weird. mop your brow and make a popping mm. noise when the baby comes out. Yeah. I like, <laughs> like I say, the, mo- <laughs> the most I knew about giving birth, I had a baby Annabelle that used to sound like it was wheezing. It was supposed to be breathing, but... <laughs> That thing sounded like it <laughs> It needed a nebulizer. Um, so, <laughs> I I don't know. I think I'd had sort of girl girlfriends that um, would like stick their doll up their top and be like, look, I'm pregnant. Ha ha ha. But that was it. I, yeah. And I was thinking to myself, mm, why is it painful? I don't think I'd ever like to go through that. But... And yeah, that's not really something I would want to have known at that age either. No. Like just to hold off on life's real terrors until I'm a little bit older lady. I'm year three, exactly. come on. I think as well, this is this is strange because 
So I think we started doing the nativity when we were at school in like the beginning of December. And um, my best friend, he, his birthday's at the beginning of December. So I remember us driving to his birthday party um, and I was in the back of the car and his mum said to me, she was like, so how are you getting on Scarlett? How, how is it being Mary? And I remember being like, do you know, I, I think Mary was a bit of a hussy really because she, she was supposed to be with Joseph, but Jesus isn't Joseph's baby. So she must have been playing around with God. <laughs> like the tender age of like seven eight nine no not even that old and there's me because all because this fucking teacher had told me to start making weird noises as if i was giving birth i'm like analyzing all the fucking dynamics of a sexual relationship <laughs> fucking hell this poor mum driving her like car just expecting yeah. you to be like yeah i like it i get to wear a blue dress and i get to carry the baby jesus and the sheep are cute. And instead you're like, um, actually, I think that the Bible has some real issues in terms of, like, setting out relationship boundaries. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't make sense. She's obviously been shuffling off to God's hut. It's not right. <laughs> that Mary's a right slag. <laughs> I'm all for oh. monogamy. <laughs> like, this is so fucking weird. So weird. Oh. That's amazing. I much preferred it younger than that almost was like definitely not the peak not the peak <laughs> at all the trough um <laughs> but, but like from then on i sort of had to understand the story i much preferred the younger stages where i was mm-hmm. a cow or a star <laughs> that was that yeah. was the sort of nativity i was into less pressure on that kind <laughs> yeah. of role as well oh 100 percent i much preferred mooing rather than huffing and puffing as if i was pushing a small human out of my <laughs> seven-year-old vagina (laughs) (laughs) sorry that's fucked up (laughs) last orders at the bar last orders at the bar if this was a normal christmas everyone's got their own traditions what would be one of yours every christmas eve you watch muppet christmas carol without fail with mulled wine Nice. And then Christmas breakfast is always smoked salmon, scrambled eggs, toast, and bucks fizz. Oh, that's fancy. <laughs> What's yours, Dave? The tradition on Christmas Day, we usually have like a cooked breakfast. My family aren't much of a cooked breakfast kind of family, but on Christmas we will have a cooked breakfast. We'll all come downstairs. We'll each have our own present pile, as it were. Essentially, mine will be somewhere on the floor. My sisters will be on the sofa next to the tree. We all have our own spots. And then, I don't know, my parents will be in the kitchen. Me and my sister will usually watch films. And we'll probably end it playing games and stuff like that. It's quite normal, I suppose. What about you, Scarlett? So... Um... Is that the noise that Mary made? Yes, it is. I was just, I just was there in the you moment. You relive for the a nativity every Christmas. Yes. <laughs> the first thing I do before I go and say to my parents, it's Christmas. Um, <laughs> I lay in bed and pretend to be Mary and give birth to the baby Jesus and use whatever prop for Jesus I have handy. Yeah, Christmas for me um, has changed in recent time because um, I am no longer the baby. We have my little nephew, so Christmas will be like. Christmas will be fun and it will be special because it'll be so magical for him and it's his first one that he'll sort of understand what's going on. Oh, cute. But talking about 
sort of like festivities with an 18 month old so they put their christmas tree up my brother and his partner put their christmas tree up on the for the first of december and brought him down bowman my nephew and brought him down and it was all like wow like making all these noises because he's like so in awe of it all but just goes to show you what growing up in 2020 does they've got a little glass hummingbird bauble on their tree he goes over to it and goes and then rubs his hands together he thinks it's hand sanitizer that's beautiful and that is like sad but so cute at the same time yeah Yeah, it's really peculiar but like i say oh my gosh and like, that's going to be across the country, mm. isn't it? There's going to be a whole generation of kids. Thinking glass ball balls are full of hand sanitizer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Crazy, but I, I hope it's really special because, well, I mean, we've got each other and that's the main thing and everybody's isolating so that we can be together mm-hmm. um, with no spreading of the Rona. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to it. It won't won't be normal, but I'm sure it'll still, we'll, we'll make the most of it as everybody yeah. will. It's really lovely. We're ending on a sweet note. This isn't like us. <laughs> no, it's not. Look at us getting all cutesy. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much for having me on. No, thank you. Thank you very much for coming on. This is a lot of fun. So where can people find you, Emily? Oh. I feel like the roles are reversed because usually you're yeah. the one asking <laughs> asking that, but now we're asking you. Um, why this film podcast can be found across Instagram, Facebook and Twitter with a variation of why this film podcast or why this film pod and we are across all of your podcast game platforms we're on acast spotify apple all the normal ones just type in why this film podcast it's the one with all the pink because i'm a girl (laughs) it's a podcast that looks back on the movies of your childhood it's a great podcast i say that as someone that's been on twice and I'll probably try and worm my way on it again. Yes! <laughs> uh, but yes, check out Why This Film and also check out the Drunk Christmas series. It's great fun and you get to relive some Christmas classics like Jingle All The Way. It's a great film. <laughs> it's not its shit, but whatever. It's, it's, it is what it is. We could end this episode on a very cheesy note if we all at the count of three say Merry Christmas. Aww. Oh, this is pure cheese. I love it. <laughs> Why not? Fuck it, it's Christmas Eve. I mean, yeah. Everyone, everyone is obviously going to be listening to us on Christmas Eve obviously. and not, you know, spending time with their families. Whatever. <laughs> or they could all be spending time with their families huddled round a speaker, speaker listening to this exactly. podcast. Or wrapping last minute presents. They're like, oh, well, fuck it, I'll put something on. Yeah, something. exactly. Although we prefer if you listen to it individually because it's more <laughs> listens for us instead. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We'll end it. We'll end it on a three, two, one. Merry Christmas! All right, and if it's out of sync, I'll sync up so it will sound perfect. <laughs> nice. Ready? All right, three, two, one. Merry, Merry Christmas! Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> you two went for Merry Christmas, like Merry Christmas, <laughs> and there was me like Merry Christmas. <laughs> what are you still doing here? Sling your hook. Bye, Dave. Bye, Scarlett. And big thank you to Rotaries for our soundtrack and Megan Siggers for our artwork. And a massive thanks to all of you listening to us waffling on. Find us on, uh, you know, the social medias. Give us a like, a follow, a nudge, a poke, all those things. We love it. And subscribe to us because we need validation.